Thanks, Joey. Um, I did say on Sunday when I was trying to encourage you guys to come to this was to say this is going to be super practical. That, that's the hope is that, um, you know, weaved through all of it would be, uh, you know, biblical truth, things that we must believe that come from Scripture. But then I think what most of us wrestle with is the practical elements of that. And so I'm... Joey, if you can get that chair, bro, and put it here. Um, should, I, should I do it? <laughs> but how am I going to talk to you and get the... Plus, he's way bigger than I am. He's my elder. Um, I, I must... Dude, there were moments when you were... No, no, you're fine. But there were moments when you were at the edge, bro. Like, did you, did you notice that you were there at the I'm, edge? I'm very spatially aware one. Okay, cool. So I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. Um, so I, I just have some questions that... Um, just a, a number of people have asked me, you know, leading to this, and then even some as you were talking, but then also I just want to take from the floor as well. Um, but, but before we jump into those, I just want to say that, that when thinking about who to ask to come to this, uh, we were incredibly strategic about it. Um, we wanted someone who was, you know, relatively in the, the medium, if you will, and I don't know if that's the correct language, of where we are as a church in terms of life stage, um, because the temptation sometimes is you can get someone who is, you know, 30, 40, 50 years older than us and be like, well, it's easier for you to do that because, you know, you've lived longer and you've acquired more and you've made a bunch of mistakes and you've learned from them. Um, and so how do we get someone who is kind of relatively where we are in our life phase, but at the same time handles money in a way, um, to be honest, I've, I've never seen, I said it, he's in the top five uh, when it comes just to handling money. And, and even when we were students, um, when he was like the only one in our discipleship group making money, just incredibly wise about how he used it and, and, and how he operated with it, just out of conviction, going, this is what God says and, and this is what it practically means and so this is how I want to live. Um, and so that, that, that was just key for us and so thank you. Um, thank you for that. I'm just going to jump straight in. Um, is, is it important to have a budget? Like, do you think... So, so I'm a person, until I got married, that I, I never really operated with a budget. Um, so I also married an accountant. And, uh, and just like to the point where I would, I would swipe and have no idea how much is in my bank account. Um, and it, it was out of fear. Like I was just constantly afraid that there'd never be enough. Um, so I never had a budget. But, but what, what is your take on that? Like is it important to have a budget? Um, <clears throat> I'll answer by we, we try, not every month, uh, try to do it sometime. We try print our bank statement monthly um, and then rule down everything and try to put into, uh, like say, okay, this was entertainment. Line up on entertainment, how much it cost us, and then see if we match it to the budget. Uh, but to answer you, um, pr- I think it's, you can't go without it. Um, it's, you really cannot go without it. It's, a, it's, your, it's your guideline um, for, okay, sorry man. You've got to have a budget. It is a massive guideline for decision-making. It helps with decision-making. So when you get to a point and you in the 15th of the month and you've already spent your entertainment budget, well, guess what? I'm sorry. Entertainment budget is done. Um, so with that, the Howard, Howard say one is a budget for me is the first or second line of accountability and then Zinzi is the second one. Because without it, the, we speak in high-performance sport that if you can't measure it, it's not high-performance. So if you can't measure what you're doing with your financial stuff, then you're not, you can't grow in it or get better in it because there's no measurement tool. You don't know if I'm getting better, if I'm above or below budget. So without that measuring tool, then we're not going to go anywhere. 
So it's helpful that you're married and you're married to an accountant, but I mean, you made the joke that she's an accountant at it's work and, at, and not at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have a second, uh, a second pair of eyes um, on both of y'all's budget, mm. but, but maybe to, to some of the singles, like, is it, is it helpful to have someone looking? Because if Matthew 6 speaks about the heart, mm. right, and, and we know sometimes our heart can be a dangerous place um, when it's not keeping its eyes on on Jesus, is it helpful to have someone looking at your budget? Like, what would you say about that? Like, is this a, is it secretive? Is it just for me, my eyes only, or is this something that you open up to other people? I struggle with the fact that we can't all show our payslips to each other. This is just me. It's not in the Bible because we've we've money's become such a thing that it's I'll see you differently. So if I'm assuming in my head, Kenny earns 25000 rand a month. If I'm, why can't he know and why can't I know? Um, so I would say one, the, lost my train of thought, bro. You asked me that. Is, your budget, is budget secretive? Is it something? Oh, no, we, we've, got, we've got quite a few people who know um, what we earn. Um, and I just think it's healthy. Um, it helps us to, in our community of people um, that... M- that money is not our status, if that makes sense. Um, but then it just becomes like any form of accountability. Um, if you, any form of your life, we, I say it this way, darkness is a greenhouse for sin. So any, so we don't, I'm not saying your budget is sin, but anything that doesn't have light and a lot of light on it, dodgy things can happen around it because it's in the dark. So we believe in the more light you can have over our financial stuff, the better. Um, so we definitely don't print it and put it in the front of the church, but we've got like five or six people that we trust enough to let them know exactly what it looks like. Um, that's helpful. One more question, and then I want to throw it to the floor. So you spoke about savings, right? And you mm-hmm. treat your savings the same way that you treat tithing. Um, but what about investing? Like, is that, is that something that... Uh, we should be looking into? Um, and I ask that question because I've heard a lot of people say, you know, this is not, this is not our final place. This is not, so why bother investing? Um, what, what, what would you say on that? <clears throat> I would say um, it's a faithfulness thing. Um, so I believe in three ways of saving. So long-term future stuff, so your retirement and all that things. Um, Then medium term, if we want to buy a house or something five, six years from now, we save into that. And one of my favorite saving things is Zinzi and I have two different portfolios where we play around with a thousand, a thousand five hundred rand a month on um, like, uh, what you call it, Um, Alan Gray and those things. And then we see in December who's got the most money for December. Like, so I'm, as much as I'm free with money, I'm quite sticky when it's over budget. Does that make sense? So I'm that guy in December where like, no, you're not having another drink because we, we're going to spend January's money. But having saved for December, I have the best holidays in that way because then I know this money was made for this particularly. So I would say short, medium, and long-term uh, savings one are, are vital. And if, if the theory is, I don't know how long I'm going to live, therefore I can't do that, then... That, that's a bit flawed, that way of thinking. Someone said, it wasn't me. Someone okay, <laughs> sorry the third person. Um, cool, that's, that's helpful. Uh, got a few more, but I do want to open it up to, to the floor, if anyone has. And it can be on anything. Thanks, bro. Yes, ma'am. 
Oh, hold on, there's a mic coming. There we go. Thanks. Um, if, if you put such a big emphasis on saving, when does saving become like your new security instead of trusting God? Cause, yeah. That's a very good question. Um, <clears throat> again, I'll just go back to your heart. Where's your heart in it? If that makes sense. So when the saving is based on without the... So at some point, if you had to make a decision to stop saving because you had to give that money to something else or you had to use it another way, if you get those feelings like, <gasps> then you know that your saving is not saving by faith. So I'd almost leave you that. You say, is it a saving by faith or is it a saving by fear, if that makes sense? So... What does the future hold? Do I have enough? Um, so I would just say to you, um, saving by faith is the thing. And you'll know if you have to use those finances for something else, especially if you bless somebody else. If you, if you absolutely have no idea, it's like this is a no-go area, please don't ever touch this, then I think you might have to question where the heart of that saving is. Thanks for the talk, Jerry. Sure. Um, just a question. So you obviously have a certain amount that you're giving away each month, you and your wife. Do you have like a, um, an amount that you have set aside to, to give randomly or give uh, when the opportunity arises in the month? I'm glad you asked that question because I forgot to speak about this in, um, in the whole thing. <clears throat> we believe in, let's say we earn 10 rand. We believe in living even with the savings and everything, like a six rand, six rand fifty lifestyle. So there's always a buffer. So if, if we're earning 10 rand and we live a nine rand fifty lifestyle, it's like, I don't have margin to give you. So don't even look this way because I can't help you. So we've made conscious decisions to live the cars we drive, uh, where we live, um, the where we do most of our shopping, we try to take off as much of that so that the buffer between our lifestyle and what we earn is as big as possible because then that, it just helps my heart with giving in those times. So in that space, whatever's available um, then is, can go to, it's either we're going to spend it or we're going to give it to somebody. Yeah. Um, let's say you settle on 20%, whatever amount that you decide you want to give to God. Is it absolutely necessary to give it to the church or can you go out and do good things for God's kingdom with that money? Help people, clothe people, you know, and so on like that. That is it. Answer wisely, boo. <laughs> must remember we're a church plant, boo. Uh, I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. <clears throat> Very good question. Like, I know you were... I could see during the talk the whole time you're thinking, I'm going to stump this oak. You've definitely stumped me. Um, so if we go back to tithing as, a, as what it was and the way I understood it is the Levites who didn't earn a salary lived in the community and they served the people of God. So then you had to leave like 10% of your field, whatever, to them because they served you that they could eat of your produce. Does that make sense? So they're in your community, so your 10% got to helping those people who worked for the church that they can also live. 
So I would then, if you're spoken about 20%, I would still give my 10% to the church and do whatever I wanted to do with that other, whatever was uh, over and above that. Um, so I, I, I'm a firm believer that the church that I go to, which is also a church plant, that pastor needs to eat. Um, the lights need to go on. So for me, it's, I know that for a fact, it's sustaining what God is doing within that church. If it's a bigger church, they've got ministries, whatever they're doing. Um, so I think the, maybe the question they to ask is, do you trust the... No, no, no. I'm not going to even say what... Does that make sense? Um, yeah, so I think, yeah. It's easier to do your tithe the church when you trust what's going on in the church. So I, I agree. Um, especially the trust, the trust, the trust part. Um, is because I think, I think there are a lot of churches that do take advantage of people. Um, and so even when people transition from one church to another... Um, you know, they come with just, there's, there's a lot of hurt there. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of like, oh, they're talking about money again. I wonder why, like, what do they want? Um, so it's, it's, the, the trust thing is, compo- is incredibly important. And I think it's weird I'm saying this. And even though I'm, you know, pastor of Rooted Fellowship uh, or one of the pastors of Rooted Fellowship is if, if you're not, if Rooted is not your home, you go to a different church, uh, or if you decide to transition and go somewhere else, I think strive to find a church that's willing to be transparent mm. with their finances um, and, you know, and make sure that their systems and stuff are, in, are built in such a way that uh, everyone is above reproach. So, so for example, at Rooted Fellowship, uh, the person that does our finances uh, is qualified, so they're a CA, and, uh, and they're not part of this church. Um, and, and that was intentional because we were, now I don't know if that will continue depending on how, you know, how, how long we go for and how big we become, but that was intentional because I, we wanted to make sure that people weren't sitting here wondering like, oh, does that person, when I put that debit order, did they know it's from me? Or uh, if the one month I didn't give because you know, times were tough, are they going to be like looking at me funny? Or, you know, so we, and then just separating it from, from even me. Um, so we have a lot of checks and balances. Um, how their accounts are set up, how Stephen is one of those just barriers to make sure that like we're not, I'm not out there with a car doing whatever I want. Um, but there's incredible transparency. So I, I would say that that's important for any church. Um, and I, I'd almost go as, as far as to say I think that's important for all of us, um, that we, we're willing to be transparent with someone um, so that we are living above reproach. Um, just another question on tithing. Um, is tithing always monetary, or um, can tithing can tithing be a number of resources, um, perhaps including things like things like time? I I don't think it's either or. I think it's I don't want to say it. Um, I don't think you can replace the two. That makes sense. So I don't want to tie finance you, so I'm going to give you whatever, 10% what it looks like of your day. Um, so I don't know, Brew. Um, I don't know everything, and your questions just stumped me a little bit. So um, I don't know how to answer you, but I would say, yeah, I got no answer. Sorry. Can, can I attempt it? Um, yes. So uh, let me make it personal. I always try to think, how can I give 
of my time, my talents, and my treasures. Um, and so, uh, if you're working an eight to five, of which I used to um, as a consultant, it's like, well, I've, I've got to be faithful at my eight to five, um, but then how do I give generously over and above that to serving others, whether it's at the church or in the community, or so that's my time. Uh, what do I do with my time? So thinking through that, uh, what do I do with my talents? So God has gifted me a particular way. Um, I, I want to use it at my eight to five, again, to be faithful there and to, um, you know, to be a servant in that context. But then at the same time, where are the other places that I can give generously uh, of the, the talents that I have and then my treasure, which is what I would equate to, to money, is uh, thinking it through that. So time, talent, treasure... Um, just thinking through those three components and always asking, you know, how can I, how can I give generously um, in those different areas? Is that helpful? Sorry, man. <laughs> um, in your experience and circle of friends, would you say in a household um, combining budgets and working together or... Working as individuals, tithing as individuals, uh, giving as individuals? Mm. Um, for us, I can only tell you what we've done and what we've believed is that um, when we became one as a couple, we truly became one. Um, so the only thing that doesn't happen, so we amalgamate our salaries. They go into the same, so no, we get... Because of transactional stuff, not anything hard matter that we want, I get my salary into my account. Zinzi gets her salary. Uh, the debit orders run as they do. Then I transfer whatever's left into her account. So she does. It's only separate in the fact that there is a, um, a technical thing with our banking stuff. Ideally, would like to have everything come into one account, um, tie everything from one account. Does that make sense? So it's... Um, Besides the fact that our salaries come into two places, debit orders run off, there's a complete transparency in it. An ideal world would be in the same bank account, tied from there, give from there um, in that way. Um, so it's not her giving, it's us giving, if that makes sense. And I think even for people who give money back home, it's a great story when Zinzi's family is receiving money from us. It's no longer just their daughter who was single who's giving money back to them, but it's the new form of this relationship that's given to that family, that's given to that family or supporting this and that cause. Um, so there's something powerful about unity in, that, in, that, uh, in the financial aspect. Sorry to follow on that. Um, so this is not a reflection on anything discussed. <laughs> Um, would you say then, like, if it is a smart move to amalgamate everything and have it all in an ideal world, you'd have it in everything in one account and all that, would you say then getting married out of community or property would be going against that? Because you're basically separating yourselves mm. in a contract that binds you. That's a very cool question. Um, like, I'm such a... I, was, I don't want to say fool, but... So as soon as we got married... I thought, man, go for it. Um, what do you call it? Were you together? Marrying community of property, it's right. Since you're not going to be together forever, we are going to be by faith. You know, so I just run off like that and then later I think, but you've got some entrepreneurial stuff that could damage both of you if you got into trouble with it. Um, so I would say, again, what's the heart like in that decision making? 
Does that make sense? So I'm getting married out of communal property with one because if something goes wrong, I'm going to make sure mine is mine. That can be one heart matter. The other heart matter can be that I'm an entrepreneur. I know it's wisdom for me not to amalgamate that stuff because in the line of work that I work or the way I figured this thing out, if I get hurt, my whole family gets hurt and I don't want that to happen. So I think with all this stuff, um, whether you tithe before, after, tax, or stuff, it's just heart matters. And I think that's all God is looking at, if that makes sense. So you can, we can both marry in community of property, but my heart is not right and yours is right in the decision why you decided to get married in, in or out of community of property. Hope that's helpful. If I could go back now, I'd actually get married outside of community of property. I don't love Zinzi any less. I don't think any less that we, not something unforeseen will happen in the future, but I just think with the, where my life is headed, and um, it's almost, it would have been almost better for us. Did you what, married bro? in community of property? I did. You should have asked me. Um, so... Can I share the story, Kix? So, so my wife and I are married in community of property, and, um, and in hindsight, we go, we shouldn't have done that. Um, and I think it goes back to the transparency thing and, and trying to do as much as you can in community. I think if we had reached out, um, and I'm pretty sure she probably said we should, and I said no, because so that's me. But reaching out to others and just trying to get as much information as you can, um, we would have known that it wasn't so much the, the fact that it's like, I'm trying to get out of this, and so... I want to make sure that what I came in with, I keep. But more of like, like you're saying, what, what are our lives kind of going to look like? And will this be beneficial for the, the flourishing of our family? Um, and so it's just, it's, it's bitten us a number of times. The fact that we're married in community of properties so of being, not being South African, uh, wanting to get a loan from the bank to buy a house. They, they're not keen on giving non-South Africans 100%. Um, but because she can't do it on her own because we're married. In co- so little things like that. It's like, man, had we reached out and been more communal in this whole thing, like someone would have told us that and we would have gone, oh, okay, cool. It doesn't change the fact that I, I love her more than, you know. And so, yeah, so, so, so I'm just, I'm, I'm pushing back to go, be speaking to people about it, um, you know, in, in the context of community to seek wisdom. Yeah, I've, I've had that. Uh, I've had a conversation that went exactly like that before, but then my question is, isn't that where faith comes in? And that's where I stopped, as I don't really have an answer. Sure. Um, so I would take that and go, yeah, faith. Faith definitely, faith is a driving thing um, of all of this, but, but so is good stewardship. Um, and so I would, I would throw that in the, in the box of just being a good steward. Um, it, it, the Bible says nothing about in community, out of community, or property. The Bible says when you get married, the two become one. So that's done. Um, now it's like how then do we live in the world that we now live in? And it has uh, laws and, and legislation and principles. And so we, know, we need to navigate through that um, by being good stewards, but, but being driven and sustained by faith. Okay, as people are thinking, um, I've got a, a few more here. Uh, here's a scenario. I've, I've, I've been living um, way over uh, what I should be, um, and so I'm now in incredible debt. Like, I owe everyone. I think uh, there's a, a stat that came out last year, 2016, yeah, last year, that, that most people in South Africa spend about 75% of their income paying debt, right? And 
And so it was a reality for, for many people. Uh, after hearing this and saying, I'm like, gosh, I, I really do now want to live in a way that does honor God and furthers the kingdom. And what Joey said was incredible. Um, how do I recover? Like, what, what, what do I do? Like, um, I owe X amount, but now I, I do want to give. And so even if I give and I still pay that debt, like, then I'm, now I'm left with nothing. Like, what do I do? Hmm. Um, I think twofold. One, one for me is I don't see any value. And the guys who know more about finance, please stand up and speak after this. This is just me in my layman thinking is if I owe something, I don't see any value in saving while I owe something. That makes sense. So what I would practically do is whatever I was saving, I would throw towards this thing because I'm aware that interest from debt 99% more time is more than interest that I get from my savings. Does that make sense? So whatever bit I was saving or I had access, I'll throw as much of that debt as possible because that debt needs to come off, the interest rates need to come off that. Um, then secondly, it's amazing how many once we've made needs. DSTV to me is a massive need. I will die without Supersport. Or I won't. There's 700 Rand. Um, I, I'm not a food snob at all, but there's certain things that Woolies does that I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, they're watermelon. They've got watermelon that's cut up for you in a little box like this. And it's more expensive than two big watermelons that I could take home. But I buy it anyway because I need it. <laughs> so, so I would really fight hard to just distinguish. Like some things I've made a need in my life that are on, but they're just massive ones. So I'd fight as hard as possible to um, put away, um, stop investing in once, um, and then throw everything I can towards the debt. So that being said, do you think that there is good stewardship within debt? Um, for example, an uh, argument that goes around a lot of the times is whether it's better to buy a car cash or whether it's better to buy a car, um, you know, to make a loan to buy your car because of the devaluation of the car, of the property, that sort of thing. Mm. So do you think there can be good stewardship in how you make debt and that debt cannot, is not necessarily always a bad thing? I think you, you're spot on. Um, we, we're in a world, so if I start to work today and I've just come from varsity, I have to buy a car. Um, but the way I go buying the car makes a difference of whether it affects me long-term negatively or positively. Um, and I'll take it back to one's point. If I'm 22 and I buy a car, without wisdom, I'm definitely going to do the wrong thing. But if I go and I humble myself, my city group leader, Bru, you were 23, what did you do with your first car? No, I bought a 10,000 rand skorokoro because I just needed that thing to get me until I earned something. And it's like, wow, thank you. Here's two people. One goes and buys a Golf 5 at 23 that costs him 5,500 rand. The other one goes and borrows 30,000 rand, buys a car that gets him A to B, and... Five years, three years later or two years later, he's paid this 30,000 rand off and this guy remains in that debt for the next five to six years or whatever long it takes to pay that cost. I think definitely wisdom in that thing. I mean, for example, we worked out the other day that if we can pay off our house even quicker, 
there's something that happens with the interest rates and stuff. I, I'm not, I like, I did stats twice, economics three times, accounting twice. So don't, please don't listen to me in terms of the detail. Um, but the thought process is we found out that just, we're just trying to throw whatever little cent we got in the month into that house because somehow the clever people know it works out, shrinks things. You paid off quicker. So yes, definitely wisdom and debt. Hi, Joey. Um, Hello, Confidence. I have a, it's a very simple question. So would you say then that um, having debt uh, is a good reason to not, I don't want to say good, but is a good enough reason to not tithe? Because you want to pay off debt quickly, and once you're uh, debt-free, you'll be able to tithe. So you want to use your tithe money to pay debt. Get to your city group leader as soon as you can. Um, <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't say that confidence um, because it's funny, we, we're creatures of habit. So if I built a season of life, let's say your debt is two years and I don't tie for that two years until I make it, I almost, there is no absolute guarantee that you're going to start tithing again after that. Um, and then again for me, for me it's just a priority list. Um, so, as whatever comes in, tithing is a no-brainer, it has to go, um, giving to my family has to go, then after that I see the rest, if that makes sense. So, I would never, my tithing is never situational, it's, it's a conviction that's made, I, I'm sorry, and, I'm, and I, like, I'm sorry to anybody who's not like that, because I, I, I'm oversimplifying it, something that can be very difficult to the heart, and I know that, and I'm sorry about it, but for me it's just, uh, it just happens, it has to, uh. Um, Joey, you were once a student um, many years ago, for many years. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. Um, what would you say? What would you say to to a student who, um, you know, either currently has debt because they have a student loan, mm. and uh, and uh, and maybe graduate and just have that reality? Like how 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 to navigate through that? How to navigate through living expenses? Um, you know, you now enter a graduate program and there's 30 other people with different other narratives, but yet you're carrying this. Yeah, how do you, what would you say, what advice would you give to someone sitting here who has that, has that already walking into their first day of work? The student did mainly. Uh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> I, I, I don't want to, okay, so there's a lot of decisions that a young person can make right now that will make, that will help them in the long term. So let's start. Um, I'm new, I've got to go live somewhere. So I've got a choice, I can go live in a place that's three or four thousand rand a month, or I can decide to shack up with you and our place costs three thousand and we pay one and a half thousand each. We're just trying to make it through this life thing. They have already saved a thousand and a half. Um, I can then decide I need to get around, um, I can do the maths, what's public transport going to cost me, I don't want public transport, okay, what's the next vehicle option, um, you've got a car, I don't have a car, can I pay you money to lift with you, can I be part of a lift club and save on petrol, um, I just think there's a lot of things that we take as I must just have it, um, I've started to work now so I've earned to stay in my own place, I've earned to buy my new car, I've earned clothing, like 
I'm sorry, not everything has to come from Markham's. Like, I did it. Like, I, when I was 22 out of Markham's account, I look at the 22-year-old me, and I'm like, can I wake you up? Like, you didn't, those are just decisions that I could have been further than what I am now because I didn't make those decisions. Why? Because I just used Joey's wisdom. Is ultimately that, is that I, I, I didn't often enough ask people what do they think? I didn't often enough ask stories and say, well, I like what you did that. I'll take this, that. Uh, it maybe just worked for you. So I just think our ability to be transparent, open, and teachable can go a long way to helping somebody in that situation. And willing to sacrifice. Like, it's a season of life, you know. Um, don't have to live a baller lifestyle at 20, 21. It's just unrealistic. Keeping up with a 21-year-old Joneses does not help. Yes, sir. So what if you come from a family that has financial problems, so they're either not earning or not earning enough, and you start working, and the choices are starting your own life, which includes moving out or saving or whatever, or staying at home and maintaining the family. Um, and in a, in a space where you're moving out means some people may not eat. Um, where do you draw the line? Should you then, that's your life, sacrifice, live for the family, or is there a stage where you cut it off and like, tough luck, I'm moving out? Mm. I don't know why this comes up, so I'm just going to share it anyway. Um, I think there's a scripture somewhere that's, uh, please correct me, the theologian's not there, like somebody who, I think it's in 1 Timothy, that somebody who doesn't help their family, I know their circumstances, is worse than an unbeliever. Uh, it's said in that way, like in their conduct. That, that, that doesn't even happen amongst unbelievers. So um, I would say again, with, with wisdom, I would stay at home. Not wisdom to be mini Jesus, if that makes sense. So you staying home so that whatever goes wrong, we're coming straight to you. Um, I would stay home in showing what sacrifice looks like. So that means you're probably getting up a heck of a lot earlier than what you would have if you stayed closer, showing how, how your budget works, how your money makes it to the end of the month, um, showing sacrifice. So I think there's, no, there's probably for me in 2017 almost no better way of um, showing Christ to your family than doing that if that is your situation. It's like it's selfless. It's, you, you, can, you can leave it behind, but it's so selfless. And, but I would do it with wisdom and caution. Does that make sense? So that you, you don't become, you don't enable people, but they'll just see your lifestyle and see your principles around tithing, your principles around saving, your principles around giving, and then they'll be thinking, that is sort of what money is supposed to be done with it. Um, and I also get on the other side, uh, this mustn't, um, I, I, sometimes I give to my mother and I get this, it's a weird, no, no, let me go there. I'll speak to you about it. It's, it's on my sin, if that makes sense. So I feel like I'm the special child because I'm giving to my mother. That's my son to deal with. But if anybody struggles with that, please, let's talk and help each other through that. If I gave you permission to flesh it out, would you flesh it out? Is that why you know when to flesh it out? What's that? The sin and the mom and the what, what? No, you can. Yeah, because I think it might be helpful. Okay. So what are you asking me? What is it? Oh, you finished? Was that it? No, so um, we three sons, I mean three children, older brother, younger sister, and I'm the one who gets, who's, been, who's got enough to be able to give back. I can sometimes get into that space on a way, 
you know when you've done good and you know you've done, you've done good? Like you, there's a difference between feeling sorry for yourself and then feeling like you've just bought yourself an extra room in heaven, if that makes sense. So just trying to keep my, my motives for giving pure, um, that it's literally, it doesn't give me super extra favor with God, super extra favor with people. It's just, it's a joy to give because I've been given and not, yeah, I hope you can just catch my heart. Like, you know, when, you, when you're tapping yourself on the back, if that makes sense, like, I'm that guy, you know, so I'm hoping, so sometimes I struggle with that. Um, Um, we've got a few minutes left, uh, and so I'll, we'll keep it tight. Yes. We have a number of entrepreneurs in the room, uh, a number of people who uh, either are currently running their own businesses or starting their own businesses. Um, and I know you've ventured while doing what you do into a number of things. Maybe, maybe speak some wisdom into that, like um, just experiences, um, what it's like, because I just feel like it's, it's tough, you know, you, you, you don't have that regular income that's coming in. Um, and so that may affect how you give or just your understanding of giving. And not just giving, it may affect how you understand just money. Um, what, what wisdom would you say to those that are in that space? I think one... Um, <clears throat> I think it's super cool when people follow their passions um, and if you are in, in an entrepreneurial space because you're following what you love, I think that's a great thing. Um, my model, though, of how you get there looks slightly different. Um, so I know there's people who have got job A and then jump straight out into my entrepreneurial thing without knowing what's going to happen financially. Uh, my model looks slightly different. I'd like to be in job A and be using my spare time, not work time, to do job B. Um, so that when I'm, when I'm almost, when I start feeling that I'm starting to encroach on job A's time and resources because job B is doing so well, then I'll jump out. So I don't believe in a jump all out and go do it uh, into an entrepreneurial thing. That's just my space because what I found is that the joy for which you jump from A to B is easily stolen by the fact that the family can't eat or that you don't know what's coming or that thing. But if, if there's, you know that you've worked out, eked out something just for the basic stuff, I think it just keeps the joy of entrepreneurship alive. Um, then one I would say the, on the... The giving, it's, it's again, the, the giving, tithing, spending, saving thing, I just, I would apply the same principle. So if this month one rand came in, the 10 cent goes there, 20 cent goes there, and this goes there. If the next month 10 rand ca came in, that one rand, that, that, nine, that 10 cents becomes the one rand, if that makes sense, because my principle stays the same. So it doesn't matter what the overall amount is and when it came, the principle stays the same. Those uh, margins stay exactly the same for me. That's awful. Always looking to see if there's anyone. No, no. <laughs> Don't be sorry. He's got tons of cash, man. <laughs> um, I work in sales, and every now and then I get a little tug on my heart because I find myself chasing money, especially towards the end of the month when I need to reach, reach my targets and everything like that. Um, what advice can you give me to 
take a preventative measure so that I'm always chasing God, not the money. Sure. That is super cool, bro. Um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, because what I like about it, you're speaking about the heart. It's the heart with which you're trying to get. So we always say this, because rugby is like, they, I don't say this over my life, but they say of rugby coaches, you've either been fired or you're about to get fired. But I, I, if you're getting charismatic, I cancel that, okay? Um, so for me, um, I've got two what I've called live verses for myself in that space because when I'm in that space. The one is not a verse, it's a paraphrase thing when the disciples were with Jesus in the boat and then the storm came and it was all crazy. It says Jesus, I think it was like on a lilo or something. So he was like, he was chilling. And they say to him, do you not care that we're about to die? Guys, try and make the Bible real. So it's happening. And those oaks, I don't know if they can swim, but it's, it's happening. About, they say, do you not care that we're about to die? So I can imagine he opens his eyes, looks up, not even fully open, and he says, peace be still. Doesn't even answer them. He answers the elements. So that's the one for me. That's my heart. That's what I say to my heart in those moments. Do you care, God, do you not care that I'm about to die? Do you not care that I'm not getting to my targets? And his answer is, peace be still. Um, then what I've taken for myself is um, uh, Isaiah 41.10 um, as my life verse, my coaching verse. Um, it says, do not be afraid for I'm with you. Um, do not be dismayed because I'm your God. Um, I will help you. I will, I will, no, I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So in the midst of that sort of fear, in the midst of that stuff, I remind myself that rugby is not my provider. God is my provider. I'll be faithful. I'll give everything at it. But this thing does not provide for me. It's like, it sounds silly, but if you can get that in your spirit, in your heart, that this thing doesn't provide for me. It's the means that God is using to provide, but it's not my provider. Um, it's, 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 it's a constant battle, especially for us men, but I promise you, if you can snap that thing, that this thing here, the, the extra sale is not, yes, chase it. Go crazy. Um, but chase it in Christ, if that makes sense. Uh, chase it by faith, so whatever that means for you, by faith, but it's not your, it's not our provider, ultimately. I just want to comment on what you said now. Mm. The gentleman in the front asked a question earlier about the money and the time thing. You're asking the question on um, chasing targets. When you make the target, tithe. Because when you tithe, you're saying, thank you, God, for providing. Mm. And by tithing and saying, thank you, God will provide in future. We always forget to tithe when we're doing well. But when we get into the debt and into trouble, then we, we want to tithe, but we can't. So when you do well, take the money and say, thank you, God. And whether it's putting you into a negative on your budget, God will provide. Yeah, there's a certain conviction that you're speaking with about it, so...
Hi. Um, I just want to comment on what you said just now about sales and stuff, because I'm in the same kind of job. I've recently changed my life altogether, and I've become saved. And, um, and I understand the stresses of a sales job. I'm being realistic about this. But I've stopped even looking at how much I'm making in the month because I believe that the strength that God gives me should be able to maintain what I need to do and get me through my month with the targets. And if, I don't even look. I wait for month end and I work as hard as possible, wait for month end and then whatever happens, happens. And it's happened. Sure. It's happened. I went into a new job, sick as a dog, and it's happened. Hmm. Um, that's the one thing about that. But then the other thing I wanted to ask you, you were talking about um, entrepreneurship and job A and job B. Mm -hmm. It's not always an option between job A and job B. Some people don't have a job A to hop from into mm -hmm. job B, and that's where the problem comes, that, okay, now... I need to do something. The reality of our country is there are no jobs. Some people are really struggling to get a job. And then what happens then? Um, you're in a situation, you start selling ice cubes, for example, mm. and you don't make ends meet. What do you do then? You know, um, um, do you go tithe and everything else stops? What happens then? Very good question. Um, like I said again from the beginning, I don't ever want to. I don't want to super simplify this thing or oversimplify it, if that makes sense. Um, but what I would say to that person is that they're putting into in place a foundation of how they're always going to deal with their scenario. So if 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 our scenarios are whenever it gets tough, the first place we cut or the first place we consider is tithing, that is the culture we're going to build across our lives, if that makes sense. Um, so, um, again, for me, it's just a principle um, that I want to be obedient to no matter what's thrown at me. Um, so, to the entrepreneur, I just say God is faithful. I really, I, I think sometimes, I speak to myself now, I think I'm speaking to and believing in a Mickey Mouse God. Really, I really, that's sometimes my mindset is, is, can he really? It's like, man, of course he can. Does he care about me? Of course he can. I mean, of course he does. Um, so, <laughs> of course he can. Of course he does. Um, so, I really, I really challenge anybody in that situation, who is this God? And who am I to this God? Um, so, challenge him. You're my father. Challenge him. I, I don't know. I, I want, I'm going to attempt it from a, this, the context that I'm in, which is the church. And, and I think this is where sometimes we as the church could, could do better. Um, and when I say that, I'm saying this is where I could do better. Um, is There are times we should never live beyond our means. Um, we should live at our means, and I think that's what you're talking about, being content, uh, and still being able to enjoy all the, God, the good gifts that God gives us, like a, a good steak, a good uh, cold, refreshing beverage of the fermented nature, a good holiday, all of that stuff we should enjoy. Um, and so we, but we do that by living at our means. And then I think there are seasons in life where we live below our means. 
Um, and what I mean by that is because we're generously giving and sacrificially giving, um, it, it's tough for a season. It's just really tough because you realize that there's a need um, in the body, in the community of faith. Um, and, and that's where I take that verse where it says, you know, first time or wherever it is that we're to care for our family. Um, I believe it's not just our biological family, um, but our spiritual family as well. And, and so sometimes you may have someone in your uh, sphere of influence, be it the person that uh, works in your home and cares for your home, um, and they may be the same age as you, to look at them and, and go, man, they, th- this is not how life should end. Um, that what are your gifts and talents and what do you want to do? And, and try to figure out how do we generously and sacrificially give to that for the, for the, the bettering of that person, if that's even a word. Um, and so I think as we begin to do that as communities of faith and things begin to change, because I really think that they will, I think the world notices. Like the world will begin to look and be like, gosh, like why are you guys choosing, why are you choosing to buy that car for the season of your life? Or why are you choosing to live here for that season of your life? And it's like, well, it's because, man, we're trying to give so that others may have um, and they themselves begin to empower themselves and so forth and so forth and um, and so that's, again, from, I'm speaking from the church context, which is, I'm speaking from my context as well, so I, I fall short of this. Um, by no means am I saying I'm perfect. Um, sure. Sorry, a question just came in here, bro. Okay, bro. Oh, no, no, it's not a question. It's just a message. <laughs> my bad. Confidence. Um, I think we could take one more, and then I have one question for you, and then we, we're done. Okay, there we go. Um, mine is quite a simple question. I just wanted to ask, earlier on, um, One asked um, for like people who don't always have like a second opinion with their finances, and you said that you have quite a few people who keep you accountable and know about your finances with your wife. What are some of the things that you look at, well, criteria, in choosing those people? It's good. Um, so... Within your community of faith, I think, is the big one. Um, so for us, we have the church we go to. We've got the big church, and we've got our discipleship groups. Those are, I'm not sure what you guys call those, not your big community one, but the smaller one. I think that's the closest place I look uh, for me because there's a trust there um, that's big. And then I think also a certain level of spiritual maturity because um, I, I don't want to share that with somebody who it's going to cause to stumble. Does that make sense? So I thought we were both earning two rand and then suddenly you earn seven rand and I show you my, I earn seven rand, you only earn two rand. If that's going to cause you to stumble because you just have an issue with those things, then so I'd say you'd be very, definitely do it, but be very wise with whom you do it. I think spiritual maturity is big and a trust element um, is big on that thing. I think also sensitivity, if that makes sense. So if I'm from a, am I going to... It's just going to be right. Sensitivity. Just to know the person's background and what they form and what they can have as issues or not, if that makes sense. So I don't want to make it sound classer, so you guys help me if it's wrong. But if Orne's got a whole lot of stuff and I can't, and he comes to, sh- and he knows I've got not so, no, no. Should I, I don't know, is it wise? So if I've got very little and you've got a whole lot and then you share your, stuff with me that can easily cause me to stumble because I'm like geez I thought you were rich but brew you were like super rich um, and then I can't deal with it um, I don't know just use wisdom there I just think if you can yeah 
What no, do you so, think? No, so I think it's. I think it's. I think everything you're saying is good uh, until the last few sentences. No. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it it goes down to trust and 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 then vulnerability and then I'll even throw maturity in there as well. So. Uh, in the different spheres that we find ourselves in, whether it's work or phase of life or whatever, uh, there are people that we look to and go, um, wow, like there's, there's maturity there. There's, uh, th- I see in their lives uh, glimpses of what I would want to be. Um, I would say pursue them. Pursue those people and, and try to develop relationships with them. Um, again, if they're in the community of faith, that's always incredibly helpful because um, that just helps with your rhythms of life. And, uh, and then just sit them down and be like, hey, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through X, Y, Z, uh, and finances are in there. What do you think I should be doing? Uh, I, it'd, be, it'd be a pretty, I think most people would be like, wow, I'd love that. One, they'd look to you and go, man, that's, you're asking, like, people don't talk about that. Mm. That's incredible maturity on your part. And, and hopefully they'd go, yeah, I'd love to help you. Um, and then see where the, the relationship goes. And so you have that, that looking up. I think it's helpful to have looking across as well, um, so peers. So generally, generally, um, your peers would be in the same bracket, um, and so there should be a sense of trust there and a sense of like we're in the same space. Now, you may find one or two people who are just like, you're like, that doesn't make sense. Why are you getting so much? But, um, and part of it is because you're good at what you do, and it's a different industry, but, um, but have that. And so... so I'm thankful for this relationship that I never, like I never go, oh, should I tell Jerry how much I make? Like, no, it's, yo, man, I make uh, X, Y, Z. Like, what do you think about, it's just, there's trust there. Um, And so you're constantly just trying to figure out how do I develop those kinds of relationships. Um, So one, looking up, because you want to grow, and then you're growing with. So looking across as well. Um, But trust, vulnerability. I always say this to people, it's funny, because I'm, again, being in the space that I'm in, you know, people always ask and wonder, like, hey, how much do you, I wonder how much what it makes. Like, I noticed they bought a new car. How much? We didn't buy a new car. Um, but, you know, it's like, oh, because we have, culture tells us that, like, they, they shouldn't be. Like, you shouldn't have this or you shouldn't have that. And it's not just with pastors. It's different things. You know, you could be a teacher. You could be in government, whatever. Um, and so they'll want to know, like, so how much, how much are you really making? I'll just, I'll return the question. I'm happy to share it. I, like, anyway, for real, after this, you can come ask me how much, how much I make. I'll tell you. But just know this question is going to come. So how much do you make? Like, we should be able, if, if you want to engage with this, man, I'm happy to engage with it. But are you going to open up on how much and where are you spending your money? Uh, can I see your budget? You want to say, I'm happy to show you mine. Um, confident because my wife does it. Um, so, um, so yeah, I hope that's, that's helpful. I think there's a question at the back. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Quick. It's the, lo- it's the very last one. friend is overspending, how do you step in? Um, man, you just, you, with boldness and courage, because you love them, you sit them down and you're like, man, I'm worried about you. And so usually there's, um, there's fruit to that. So the overspending is the root, there's fruit to that. So if they're married, then there's issues in the marriage. Um, you know, and, and one of them will say something, you know, to someone. Or, um, uh, it's easy, again, in the church space, when people just don't show up, 
after a very long time, you usually know something's wrong. I mean, sometimes it's like work is busy and they're, you know, they're, they're traveling or what have not, but we, we hide. That's what we tend to do. When things aren't going well, we hide. And so those are good indicators. Those are, those are when you know, okay, there's, there's fruit there. Hey, I want to sit down and chat to you. And I, and I just start by saying, bro, it's because I, I care for you and I love you and I'm worried about you. Because if you continue down this path, it'll end very badly for you. Um, and I'm that guy. So my wife says sometimes I'm a little bit too extreme, but I'm that guy. Like I just go, okay, let's, the worst case scenario, let's start there because like ultimately this is where you're going if you continue. Um, and that usually tends to, it's kind of like a shock. It's like, it's like, no, but it'll never, my marriage will never end because it's like, no, it could. It could because you start hiding, you start hiding money, you start moving money around, it's getting weird, you don't pay tax, you don't, like it just, you're heading in that direction. And, and so you just say with boldness and courage, because I care and love you, man, I, can we have this conversation? Cool. Um, this last question, and then we're gonna we're done. And it's because you made this comment, um, very open about it, uh, about the amount of money that y'all are giving away. If you add, if you tally it up, just just tangi- tangibly, like don't don't be like. Uh, so we know that Jesus answers because you know the, the Lord gives you joy and it's good and I love Him, which is a good and true answer. But but if it's twenty twenty five thousand, like. Man, how do you find joy? So, so I'm just thinking, like, when we give and we realize, because we do the same thing, it's like, yo, <laughs> we could do a lot with that money. You yes. know what I mean? Like, so where do you find the joy to do that? What does it look like tangibly? <clears throat> so on the figure, to start off on the figure, it ballooned by mistake, if that makes sense. Or it ballooned as a result of principles applied a long time. So as salary increased, tithing just had to increase. So, as, so it's just as if, so 10% remain 10% over bigger thing, if that makes sense. So it never at any point felt like, gee, we're giving 10 rand, now we've got to give 50 rand, what's going on? Um, but also then I fight to not get to that space where it's just a money comes in, pay, 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 click. I try in those moments just for thankfulness and prayer, if that makes sense. So just to, in that moment, thank you that you've provided. Um, continue to make it a joy. Because I don't think it's always a joy, sorry, um, like in that way. Sorry if I put it that way, if I've confused you like it's a very mock ad. I hated giving, but now I came to Christ and I love giving. So it's not one of those things. It's, it's there, there are times where it's been a tough month where you're like, Lord, I need you to help me to believe that this is, you are in this, and this is good. Um, so I just try to make it a, a worship thing one. So at least, at least it's once a month where I just get to, at least once a month where I just get to speak to God about my money. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to pray for us, man. Uh, just, and almost use that as a, uh, a benediction, um, but a closing word, and, and do that in a prayer for us. Like, what is that, as you pray, just that thing that you would, uh, want God to press uh, on our hearts? What's that thing that you'd want us to um, see and, and be awakened to um, as we continue to wrestle through uh, just this reality of finances and money? And, and guys, uh, as he's uh, going to his phone. For, uh, for the Bible, bro. Sure. Um, I, I, really, I really want this to continue uh, long after this has ended, that you would find a space somewhere uh, where you could have conversations around money, um, safe, and you, you feel transparent, vulnerable, um, 
Because if you don't, because I say this in my sermons quite often, many of you, if not all, are highly competent and highly educated uh, individuals, and and I see it, and you guys will go to do incredible things. Um, You are the movers and influencers of not just this country, but this continent and this globe. Um, And and so I think it's something that we need to be thinking about now um, so that you channel all that God is going to give you well for the sake of his kingdom and for the expansion of his kingdom. Um, Just so that when you hear those words one day, well done, good and faithful servant, they are rich. Um, They really are rich. And you can look back on your life and go, man, I stewarded it well. I, I, I saw all that God gave me and I just, man, I was channeling it to all these different places and, and that all of heaven gets to celebrate. And, and so that starts now by just being in spaces where you can feel safe, where you can be transparent, where you can be vulnerable with your finances. All right, bro, land the plane. Sweet. Let us pray. Um, the Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the furthest coastlines be glad. Dark clouds, dark clouds around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. Mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced. All those who brag about their worthless, go- worthless gods. For every god must bow to him. Um, that's who you are, God. Um, mountains melt like wax before you. Um, you were here before the beginning of time. You will be here. Uh, you, you don't have a beginning and the end. Um, so you do not need a single thing. Uh, you do not function in a, in a need for money. Um, you don't need anything. So we come as your children to a God who is fully sufficient, um, fully enough, and we say, uh, we present our hearts before you. Um, We don't want to wrestle between serving God or money. Uh, We want to have you take our hearts and say, we want to serve you completely. We want to go to you and pray that you'd give us strength to acquire money. We want to go to you and say, take our hearts, remove hearts of stone and give us hearts of flesh that will work wisely with money, that will view money in a different way. Um, Help us to be generous, um, generous uh, because of what you have given, um, that we can be generous. So much we have received from you, help us to be generous to you. Um, So be with us, um, uh, help us to to know that you're a God who who calms all our elements, all the financial elements, all our needs by one word. You say, peace be still, and order is restored. Um, So we take our lives to you, repent of times we have been unfaithful and unwise with our money. Uh, We know that you forgive and you lead and your grace is sufficient. Help us to start afresh now. Um, Give us a God perspective of money, we pray. Um, May we be faithful uh, faithful kingdom distributors of wealth. Um, So thank you for what you've given us and thank you for what you'll continue to give. Ultimately, thank you for giving your son Jesus. Um, The word says, he, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he and along with him not give us all things? So we can trust you because you've given us your son, your most precious prize. So it's easy for you to give us anything else after that. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, thanks, Jerry. Um, and uh, thanks, everyone, for coming out. Uh, drive safe and enjoy the rest of your week.